I'm Stacy Mitchell, and you're listening to Something Even Better, a podcast about letting go of old dreams and what's not working so you can make room for something even better, where we explore the many unexpected twists we all go through to find our way to more aligned and meaningful work and lives. Hello, my lovely listeners. Welcome back to a new episode of Something Even Better. Today, we are going to do a deep dive into mimetic desire, the social media comparison trap, and why it matters for your business. You've all heard me talk about, if you're in my newsletter, write about (laughs) that One of the best parts of not having social media as such a big part of my life now is that I am reading so much more than I was just a few months ago. In fact, I just keep coming back to this vision I used to have of my life, which was being in my super comfy chair next to the fireplace, reading a good book. I know that's super simple, but for a very, very, very long time, I would just have this vision of this is how I want to relax. This is how I want my life to look. I know that sounds weird, but that's the way it felt. And I never had time to do that. I never had time to do that, or at least that's what I thought, right? But when I took social media apps off my phone, I realized I do have time to do that. I just was wasting a ton, a ton of time on scrolling. And because I am now slowly, very slowly training my brain to focus, I can now sit and read for longer stretches and I can sit in my chair. And this past winter, I sat in my chair a lot next to my fireplace with the fire on. And it was amazing. And I'm relearning, right? And I'm, I'm retraining my brain. And it gives me this space to take new ideas, or at least new to me ideas, and synthesize them better. And ultimately, it gives me the space and the time to apply them to other concepts that I'm studying. And I'm just going to be really honest. This is what I have always wanted. I always wanted to think deeply, to create podcast episodes that look at something through a different, a new lens, to create more thought leadership pieces for my business versus, you know, sharing every idea I have with the world without taking the time to actually reflect on it, which I am definitely guilty of doing in the past. And I have to say, That slowing down and lowering my expectations for how much I can produce so I can do less but better has been incredibly freeing and rewarding. And I also suspect it's why I've had more requests for podcast interviews in the last couple of months than I've had in my many years of business. But let's get back to the point at hand. While doing more reading and deep diving into new topics of interest, I came across a podcast uh, of The Minimalist. 
There's a podcast episode of The Minimalist where they talk with Luke Burgess about his book, which is called Wanting the Power of Mimetic Desire in Everyday Life. And this book dives into a concept called mimetic theory and mimetic desire. Now, you might be wondering, what the heck is mimetic desire, (laughs) right? So mimetic desire is a concept that was developed by René Girard, a French anthropologist who believed that human desire doesn't come from the individual, but instead from the collective or the society around us. Mimetic basically means imitation. So mimetic desire is wanting what you see others having and or pursuing. And this type of desire emerges when your basic needs for food, shelter, sex, safety are met. And part of mimetic theory is also that the more people want something, the more others want something, which I have to say immediately made me think of how some influencers have bought followers. Because when someone sees that huge number of followers, they think, ooh, other people like this. And so maybe I should like this. So they click follow too. We want what others want. And we follow what others follow, whether we are aware of it or not. Now, I'm not going to get into the deeper stages. There are four stages of mimetic theory. I'm not getting into that right now. But the main point here is that individuals like me or you, we want what we want because we see that others want and have it. We cannot help but imitate each other's desires. Our actual desires are not our own. And it is very hard for us to see that. And all of this, learning about this, made me think about how social media impacts our desires in a way that we never used to have, right? This never used to exist. And potentially, it makes us more desirous than ever before. We desire even more because we see even more. And it keeps us locked in that hedonic treadmill, which I've discussed in past episodes, if you remember, specifically a rival fallacy and unhappy achievers, if you want to find that and listen. Something that really surprised me about decreasing my time on social media was not just the focus that I talked about earlier that I began to feel, but also the sudden lack of longing, that sudden lack of longing for more, that I'll just be really honest, I used to feel almost all the time. And it's a bit hard to describe, but Taking time away from social media has given me the space I didn't know I needed to better examine what I really want for my life and for my business. I stopped feeling like I was behind or like everybody is doing better than me or like I needed to chase my goals, like I needed to make things happen immediately. I stopped feeling that. And I think we know why, right? We have all had moments where we see a friend's Instagram story, where they're surrounded by friends doing something super fun, and you've thought to yourself, huh, like my life doesn't feel like that. My life isn't like that. And it's that classic case of compare and despair. We talk about it all the time, right? It's not a new idea. Or 
when you see an entrepreneur friend, they are just killing it in their business and you spend the next hour very politely stalking their feed and their website and everything else to see what they're doing that you are not. You're like, what is, there's something wrong. I'm doing something wrong. And this social comparison is totally normal. Uh, Social comparison theory has been around since the mid-1950s and describes how we evaluate ourselves by comparing ourselves to others around us. We almost just can't help it. But unfortunately, social media creates a potential non-stop cycle of compare and despair. And it sets us up for these constant comparison traps. And this never existed previously. And we all know we turn to social media to showcase the best of our lives, our best photos, our best vacations, our most flattering angles, let's be real, and our biggest successes. But when you consider mimetic desire, what happens is that not only do we compare ourselves to what we see, we also begin to desire what we see. And this can keep us locked into a way of living that is highly unsatisfying Because you can't help but always desire more. Really, it's human nature in so many ways. And while, of course, you still have desires when you quit social media, and, you know, even if you're just on it occasionally, like, you're still going to have desires. From my personal experience and what I've read of others, though, I believe that reducing your time spent on social media can reduce the suffering of desire. Because it's no longer in your face two to three hours a day. I'm going to get into Buddhism. (laughs) But Buddhism teaches that desire leads to suffering. And Buddhism talks of hungry ghosts, is what they call them, with these super intense desires that can never be filled. And I just wonder if social media has caused more and more of us to become hungrier and hungrier ghosts and to then chase these desires in this never-ending journey to enough while also causing us to become more and more of the same. We see what others have. We desire what others have. We go after what others have. And then we have what others have. It creates this cookie-cutter effect. And this is where I see an even bigger problem with social media, especially when it comes to our businesses. Just as an example, it is widely taught that to create an Instagram reel that is likely to go viral, you need to use trending audio. I remember when I had Instagram on my phone, you know, I do what everybody does. I'd watched a few, you know, I'd watch a few reels in a row and I hear the same audio over and over and over and over. Um, and in many ways, the algorithm rewards you for sounding and looking the same as the reels that are already popular. They are tested and true, right? Instagram's like, great, we know this works. Let's put it out in front of people. And the same is true for feed posts. You know, I, I've even taken a course in social media that basically has said, like, just see what other, see what other people that are, that are in your industry are doing that's working. If they have, you know, a lot of engagement, do the same thing. Copy. Copy what's working. But what this does is it ends up creating a sea of sameness. 
as of right now, this is March, 2022. I encourage you, if you still have Instagram on your phone, just open it up and look at the sea of iPhone notes, screenshots floating around Instagram feeds right now. It's everywhere. One person does it. It takes off. Everybody does it, right? It's very popular. But when we are constantly consuming content, which let's be real, social media is designed to make us do, we are unintentionally increasing our mimetic desire, which subconsciously causes us to copy what we see as successful. And this is why I think social media can be so damaging to our own thought leadership. I think it's really hard to be a thought leader when you are constantly consuming everybody else's content and never allowing yourself time to process, to integrate, and to apply information in new ways. And it's not just copying that's a problem. Um, It's also feeling the increased pressure to produce. When you see the success that seems to come from the constant production of new stories, new reels, new feed posts, your desire to keep up with that increases. And thus you feel more pressure to produce more and more and more and more. And while creating isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? It can lead to burnout. And let's face it, putting out half-baked ideas that really don't grow your expertise. And even worse, that content you create lasts anywhere from a day to a week. And then its impact is usually gone unless you're, you know, one of the really lucky ones that goes viral, but even going viral, that is unlikely to stick with you forever. And this keeps you stuck in this hamster wheel of subpar creation that doesn't always have the long lasting impact that you want it to have. And this mimetic desire can also lead to the perils of entrepreneurship, which I discussed in the episode about working for yourself versus working for someone else. Entrepreneurship is less about wanting to be an entrepreneur and only owning a business, like the reality of that, and more about wanting the identity and perks of entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship looks really cool on social media. It just does, unless your desire for it increases. But in reality, It just might not be the best fit for you in your life. And that is really hard to see clearly when you are bombarded with this really cool, super luxury, look at how great my life is, entrepreneurial lifestyle every day on social media. And we know this. Many marketers use mimetic desire to impact your buying decisions. I mean, you know when you're on someone's website um, and you see that little bubble float up that says, so-and-so in Pittsburgh just bought this course, right? That is playing on your mimetic desires. If others want it, I guess I do too, right? Like, ooh, they're getting it. Maybe I need it. And I'm about to admit something here. Many of you don't know this, but I love watching QVC to relax. (laughs) I know. But they use this too. They will, they'll say like, only 100 remaining in the red tunic in this size. You definitely want to get it today. It's going to go blah, 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 right? And this plays on our competitive nature to get what we desire. It's funny because I just listened to True Crime Obsessed, which by the way is a great podcast episode on Beanie Mania. 
And it's the same thing. Society, the collective, created a mania of desire for beanie babies at one point. I know it's laughable, but it happened, right? (laughs) So the question really to me is like, how do you overcome this natural social comparison, this natural mimetic desire so you can stand out from the crowd and not be in the sea of sameness and start to be a thought leader, right? Now, this probably won't surprise you all, (laughs) but I think this is the most important factor that's going to make the biggest difference with honestly, like the least amount of effort, if we're being honest. Spend less time on social media. I know, you might hate me. But social media marketing is just one of many, 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 many ways to market your business. And while it tends to be the go-to marketing technique because it's believed to be the fastest way to get clients, I have to disagree. Because I personally think the fastest way to attract the best of the best clients is to get super clear on what you want to be known for how you help your clients, and then to put deep thought into your specific viewpoint of the problem you solve. And I know that sounds simple enough, right? But I think it's one of the hardest things you can do as an entrepreneur, and I think that's especially true if you spend all day glued to social media. Because as much as we'd all like to believe we're above mimetic desire and and the social comparison that comes with it, They influence our thoughts and actions so much that it becomes almost impossible to stand out and to be original. In fact, when I was a burnout coach, I tried not to follow too many other burnout coaches or to read a whole bunch of books from burnout, like burnout coaches or influencers, because I didn't want them to influence my own content. I didn't want to risk unintentionally copying and sounding like every other burnout coach on Instagram. Instead, I intentionally read books about overlapping or completely separate topics so I could create my own framework um, approach to burnout. And instead of reading books or following influencers, I went to Google Scholar and I read research articles that I could use in my approach, right? I wanted to be a thought leader around burnout and that required looking at it differently and not surrounding myself with everybody else that that did it. You'll hear me talk about thought leadership a little bit in this episode. So I want to just give a quick description. This is a quote from an article in Business News Daily. Quote, a thought leader is someone who, based on their expertise and perspective in an industry, offers unique guidance, inspires innovation, and influences other. End quote. I believe that focusing on becoming a thought leader helps attract higher quality clients because you are naturally putting out higher quality content. And I also believe that you really just need two things to start becoming a thought leader in your industry. The first, the ability to think deeply and the focus and the time and the space that that deep thought requires. Two is looking at your topic through an altogether different lens than everybody else. 
And in order to have both, reducing your time on social media, or really, let's be just honest with ourselves, right? Anything that increases your distraction and ups your consumption of fast content is crucial. Because too much consumption, especially of super digestible, easy to overconsume content, takes away from the deep thought needed to produce content that really matters and makes a difference. To create content that actually says something different from everybody else. As I said earlier, by removing social media apps from my phone and spending less time overall on social media, my brain has been able to focus better, to learn more deeply about topics I'm really interested in, and to start making new connections between ideas. And this is not even to mention the huge relief. Yeah, relief is the right word. And peace of just not having it a part of my life all the time anymore. And I used to believe that I needed to create lots and lots of content to draw in new clients. But what I've learned is that creating less but better content has been a much better way, the best way in my experience, to grow my thought, leadership, and expertise. I don't need to put out a daily mini training on Instagram or to post to my feed every day or even to do a podcast every single week. I'm better served by putting out well-thought and well-researched content into the world for my potential clients. And in case some of you are wondering, but does that really work? (laughs) Since I've slowed down and started putting out a podcast every other week instead of weekly and staying off social media more, I have been invited to guest on podcasts that I was really surprised about. I signed two clients without selling, which again, surprised. And all of these opportunities came from my podcast content. An example, I sent a former client of mine a podcast I was really proud of and that I thought they could really learn from. And within 24 hours, they responded saying that they'd love to work with me again. And they were super intrigued by my ideas, right? That's the power of good thought leadership content. This type of slow quality content engages your ideal audience while growing your expertise without feeling like you're on that hamster wheel of content creation. Quality content combined with SEO is what allows for this. And bonus, you don't have to dance on reels or put out something new every single day to keep up. In fact, your reach, your impact, your traffic naturally grows over time without putting in a ton more effort. And when you're strategic, about the content you put out, you focus more on that quality, and then you mix in that key keyword research for SEO, you are setting yourself up for organic traffic and potential new clients without having to constantly create more content. You're creating a more sustainable foundation for your business. And I wanna say, this is true, whether you want to quit social media completely or you just want to rely on it less overall. No judgment here. I think there are a lot of cons to social media, but I also am aware there are tons of pros too. I get it. I've made great business friends through social media. 
I love my Facebook groups. There's no denying it. But I also have decided I want a more peaceful relationship with it. One that doesn't require me to perform my life every day to sign clients. I don't want to do that. This new approach to combining SEO with content strategy, specifically focused on growing my thought leadership, allows me to live truer to my values for my life. As a coach, it's important that I practice what I preach. And what I preach is being present, slowing down, and allowing things to flow to me versus forcing everything to happen. This strategy allows me to do that without worrying that I'm giving up on my business or that I'm not doing enough. And if anything, I feel clearer about what I want for my business than ever before, which I attribute to not being bombarded by what everyone else is doing every day. I can better hear my own voice. I can think more clearly. And because I've stopped numbing out all the time by scrolling, the constant scrolling, I can also connect more easily to my feelings and intuition. It is all a win-win. And this goes back to mimetic desire. Because I'm not bombarded, I don't feel this desire for things that I don't really desire, right? I talked a little bit about this approach on the recent episode about marketing your business without social media. And in case you haven't noticed... (laughs) you're going to start hearing more and more about this over time. I really love this new approach to marketing my business so much. And in fact, I just finished helping another coach with SEO research, which was super fun for me. So much fun, in fact, that I've decided to move my business in that direction. And what I mean by that is in the direction of helping coaches create their own custom anti-social marketing plans. And it's okay if you don't want to do, like if you don't want to quit social media, by the way. This person's still on social media. It's okay. It's just giving more of a solid foundation. Just to be clear, the podcast is not going to change that much. Um, There's still going to be guest interviews about finding your something even better and all the twists and turns to finding it. But many of my podcast episodes, though not all, will be focused on living a more present life and how to have a business that allows you to do that. Basically, I am combining the mindset of quitting social media with the practicality of how to do that if you want or need to do that in your business. So I am super excited about it. And funny enough... (laughs) I had not planned to talk about this in today's episode, but as I was drafting the script and the outline, I just, I think it's a perfect opportunity to talk about it. And if you've followed me for a long while now, you know I have always created or loved creating content. I really do. And I feel like I have finally found that perfect intersection of where I can best help people in my business. It's this content marketing and messaging plus SEO strategy that's focused on growing your thought leadership. And this allows you to slowly step away from the hustle of social media without losing your ability to sign clients. Basically, I want to combine your best ideas with a custom SEO strategy to create content that never stops working for you. That's what I want.
that's what I'm here for. It's what I'm fired up about. In fact, I just got like a woo up my up my belly and excitement. That's what I want for you and your business too, by the way. If you're curious about SEO keyword research, I did create a an SEO cheat sheet and super short video tutorials, literally less than five minutes on the tools that I use to make every piece of content work harder for me. And you can grab that over at stacymitchell.com slash SEO, super easy. It'll also be in the show notes. This has been a very popular opt-in, by the way. I think because people now know, like that's what I've been using to grow my podcast downloads. And in fact, using this research grew my podcast downloads by roughly 43% in four months. That's huge, huge. So again, that's at stacymitchell.com slash SEO. I teach you how I do that. In the meantime, there are some fabulous episodes coming up on the podcast about quitting what no longer fits, careers, businesses, and more. And I thank all of you so much for listening and for supporting the podcast. And if you love this episode and know someone who needs to hear it, please share it with them. Sharing and leaving a review, hint, hint, (laughs) are the absolute best ways to support this work. And I really do appreciate it so, so much. Thanks for listening. If you love this podcast, why not share it with your friends, your family, your favorite social media profile, literally everyone you know. (laughs) And take a minute to give me a review wherever you listen. I love reading the reviews and sharing is always caring.